Hello, Ben Beebs, and welcome to the Career Lift Podcast, where we bring you impactful guests, industry professionals, messages, and advice on how you can begin to create the career of your dreams and succeed in your path. Tune in weekly on Mondays and give your career a lift. Welcome to this episode of the Senior Spotlight series, where we chat with upcoming graduates about their time at OSU Cascades, their best memories, advice, and where they're off to next. In this episode, we are joined by Marichelle, a liberal studies major. In this episode, we hear about Marichelle's time at OSU Cascades after transferring from COCC, what impact she's most proud of making at OSU Cascades, diversity, equity, inclusion on campus, and we chat about Marichelle's extensive travels abroad in India and beyond before she started school. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Senior Spotlight series. We are joined by Marichelle, um, a liberal arts, liberal studies? Yeah, liberal studies. A liberal studies major, and (laughs) she is graduating this term, but I will let her talk more about her, that, and her story as well. So awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast and joining us for the Senior Spotlight. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So to start, could you tell, uh, just tell us a little bit about um, you, I guess, whatever you feel called to share, uh, including your major, where you're from, and then kind of why you chose your major. Okay. And then in that, you can also, if you want to go into um, talking about your college journey, you can kind of just lead into it that way, too, if you'd like. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So, um yeah, my name's Marichelle, and I was born and raised here in Central Oregon. I was born in Pineville, and then I pretty much um, grew up in Bend, Oregon. I went to school here and just have been very involved in the community over the years. Awesome. Um, I'm a liberal studies major, and honestly, I was <coughs> um, a liberal studies major just because it seemed like a way to not pigeonhole myself because long term I want to go into art therapy and kind of from um, like counseling and the social justice perspective oh, okay oh, so nice. I yeah. wanted to have a degree that I could create like different perspectives where I could take art classes but also psychology mm-hmm. um, I'm a dual enrolled st- student at COCC and OSU Cascades so when I was at COCC, I had a heavy focus in anthropology and psychology courses. Okay. Yeah. And then I transferred over to OSU Cascades, and I had like the choice of either going into psychology or liberal studies. And I went into liberal studies because I just didn't want to be pigeonholed, and I wanted to have totally. a wider breadth of um, like a more holistic and like foundation for me to go into school mm-hmm. than just being like a psychology major. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it totally does. Mm-hmm. That's unlike a totally different realm. That's kind of why I chose business, just because I felt I had, like, so many different majors that I, like, had no, that I could do, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then business just kind of made sense, because I was like, oh, I guess I could take business and do a lot of things. Like, I could start my own business and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's, that's cool. Yeah. And then um, just going on my college journey, I've probably been in college since I was 16. Um, As I was telling you before, my Mm -hmm. grandmother, she would, as like a birthday present, give me a free art class at the community college. So I take the bus from my house to the community college and I do like a painting class or an art history course. And when I was in high school, I was dual enrolled at the community college 
while I was doing high school uh, courses. Okay. So I was taking, like, advanced high school courses that were, like, for college credit. So when I came to COCC, I had about, like, probably 30 or 20 credits Mm -hmm. already under my belt. And I did one term there, and I really enjoyed it. I did, like, an abnormal psychology class and was, like, really involved with uh, COPE, which was the psychology club on campus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a friend who who was in the club. Yeah. Yeah, and we did... a presentation on like growth mindset versus fixed mindset okay so like I, I already yeah. like kind of dipped my toes into it but I had the opportunity to uh, take a gap year with uh, Carpe Diem Education which uh-huh. is based out of Portland State University okay and I had gotten that contact through my high school art teacher uh, okay. Carrie Erickson she recommended because she knew that I wanted to travel and she knew I was interested in art therapy that I get some fields experience Mm -hmm. and she had her own experience I believe in South America so Mm -hmm. she recommended for me to seek out this program and I connected with one of the mentors and through that I was able to be introduced to Carpe Diem and I went in 2015 to India and traveled for about three months, yeah, okay. doing a loop in northern India, doing service projects while receiving credit yeah. through Portland State. So I was also doing um, like interviews and working with local uh, members in the communities okay. on like art, psychology, and philosophy while yeah. I was there. Okay. So, yeah, it was just a really amazing time. Honestly, it's been about five years, but honestly, I can like close my eyes and see yep. just like vivid details in it was uh, life-changing like that's an understatement it was just like the biggest experience of my life yeah and through that I got hands-on experience in my field I got to work with an NGO that was actually based in Varanasi that worked in the red light district Mm -hmm. and see like art therapy and how it uh, was a rehabilitation tool for like women that were there and their children and I just was so inspired I was like when I came back (laughs) um, I started looking at different contacts that Carpe Mm -hmm. Diem had because they're excellent with their students and alumni so Mm -hmm. I just told them like hey I want to do an independent trip to Southeast Asia there's an organization uh, Art Relief International in Thailand that does similar work where it's like art therapy based Mm -hmm. with like social minorities with um, (laughs) sex trafficking and also just like um, like at-risk mothers and people and youth in the community especially the indigenous community Uh in the area so I told them where my internship was. I told them basically my itinerary, and they gave me all the contacts. So I formed my yeah. own trip. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I, so your trip was pretty much just through this program, basically. So it was, yeah. like, structured kind of. Yeah, it was completely oh, that's nice. structured, okay. and they teach you how to travel and uh, independently. Oh, yeah. And, oh, that's I mean, nice. we went through, like, oh, probably... God. I want to say like 16 different places in India okay. and did like different service wow, projects. Oh we'd gosh. spend a week in one area and then we'd move to the next and the next. Yeah. And then when I came back home, I just had like complete reverse culture shock. It was really mm-hmm. hard for me to adjust and I just knew I wanted to travel. So yeah. I just started trying to figure out like how I could get back out there. And like I said, I reached out to Carpe Diem and yep. they gave me their contacts. I found an internship. I sold my car. <laughs> I yeah. sold like everything I could so I could fund my trip. Oh my gosh, and that's awesome. I just I went and did it. <laughs> yeah. And you said you were 18 when you first went on that trip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was 18, so then I traveled again when I was 19 and I did an internship there, but my long-term goal was to do another internship in uh, southern India, mm-hmm. which was uh, 
uh, art therapy based one and a women's empowerment group. So yeah. I went to Thailand to get like my hands-on experience and in the field and then I applied for this other internship in South India. I came back from that trip and I just had so many experiences that really filled me up, but also just understanding that my next point of contact was going back to this internship in Southern mm -hmm. India. So okay. I just came back and I worked for a year, like a solid year. I yep. worked every kind of job I could. I think I was working like two or three different jobs mm -hmm. and just saved up so I could go on this other internship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I did it. I went yep. for four months in southern India in a place called Auroville, right outside of Pondicherry. Okay. And I got a lot of hands-on experience working in like street art projects, working yeah. in like community settings. I had just a wonderful time like yeah. it was just oh a gosh. beautiful community and beautiful area some of like my closest friends that I'm still in contact with are from that yeah. part in my life so yeah and then after I came back from that I decided that I wanted to go back to school like mm -hmm. I, w I wanted to be a serious college student yeah <laughs> not just dabble in it so totally <laughs> I came back and I just pretty much got super involved at the community college, got involved with the different diversity groups on campus and the yeah. clubs, um, and just took it from there. And then once I was finally ready, I transferred to OSU Cascades. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay, so yeah, what, I'm curious, what, what would you say is like your biggest, what was your biggest takeaway, I guess, from all of your yeah, just from your travels. That's probably, you probably had a lot of takeaways. As yeah. You said it was so life-changing, but like if you could just, if like you could just say one thing or a couple things, like what, how did it change you or what did you learn, I guess? Uh, I think for me, there's just so much focus on productivity and what success means for us, especially mm -hmm. in an American context. And yeah. when you're exposed to different cultures and different uh, places, you understand that intelligence is viewed in different ways and mm -hmm. so is success, like someone, that maybe doesn't decide to do the college route is just as successful and happy with yeah. their life as someone that does. Yep. It really just depends on what you want to do with your life. Um, I think it's really taught me the value of rest and yep. just gaining perspective before moving forward and just the value of having different perspectives. Yeah. It's really just even recently with like the recent social and political climate, I'll just think about my experiences when I was traveling and just how I would be in different contexts, mm -hmm. in different areas, where in some contexts I was a minority or I was yeah. like the only person there mm -hmm. that could like speak English or was white and mm -hmm. you know, in an area that <coughs> um, it was completely cut off from like the tourists and the local yeah. market and just really understand like what the people in that area need, what mm -hmm. um, what's important to them, what's yeah. their forms of intelligence and respecting that, understanding mm -hmm. that in certain areas like maybe they don't have access to you know college or a certain education field but when it comes down to it like they know how to grow rice and successfully yeah. survive in this environment and i wouldn't totally <laughs> and just yeah. having respect yeah. for that yeah and i think yeah it, i think when i go back to it it's really just being humble and being able to say you don't know yeah like you yeah. i don't know can you teach me i don't know how to say this could you teach me in your language yeah. or could you show me this versus coming from a perspective where you know everything and you have nothing to gain yeah like their cup's already full and totally you could take so much from that yeah absolutely i love that yeah i think 
I mean, to an extent, I think, yeah, American culture kind of glorifies, like, you just knowing the answer and just, I mean, like you said, productivity and hustle and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. And there's, like, so much to be said for just, like, getting out of, like, your zone of, like, what is, like, what you're, that's what I, I, you know, I love about travel. And I think a lot of people love about travel is you just get out of your realm of, like, what everything is defined as, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. Or, like, the Mm -hmm. norms, I guess, of whatever, you know, you think your norms are, like, reality when, like, reality is, like, whatever you make it to be. And so, Mm -hmm. like, different, you know, and different cultures have different realities as to what yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's and interesting. Just like as a Westerner and someone that comes from that, like recognizing that you have this positionality mm-hmm. and you have your own baggage, especially from an American perspective, but yeah. just also understanding that, I, again, I just go back to like there are different forms of intelligence and different yeah. ways of living in the world and mm-hmm. no one way is better than the other. It's just what works for that area. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I thought I turned my phone off. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, yeah, when you got back from your travels, you said it was mm-hmm. kind of a culture shock. How long after you got back did, then did you start, I guess, school again? And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I would definitely say that in the intermittent period, like between my trip to India and then Southeast Asia, like I just was very much had reverse culture shock, had a lot of issues just adjusting back and wasn't really sure I wasn't working at the time, but I just knew that I wanted to travel again. So I I tried to go to school and I literally had an anxiety attack. Like I'm like, I can't do this. I can't sit in front of a book right now and read. Mm -hmm. Like I need to go out and experience. I need to... Um, figure out like what I want and like what I can contribute and for me uh, just like coming back um, the second time when I had done my second internship and I was just like okay I know what I want to do I know where I need to go and it took me probably like two or three months and I just found uh, in at COCC by taking their uh, wilderness first aid course, yeah. which was excellent. Oh, and nice, yeah. From yeah. there, I saw like a poster that was like uh, gender and society, and I took that class. And then once I took that class, paired with a bunch of other classes, I was like, okay, I'm, I want to come back to school. I have certain <laughs> jobs or things I want to do with my life, and I can't do it with my level of education right now. So yeah. it's like time to go back to school. Yeah. Did you feel did you feel kind of more ready or was it still kind of hard? Um, I felt more ready. Yeah. I definitely felt like I was ready to digest. Otherwise, I'd just be working and then I didn't I knew that I didn't want to like travel again. Yeah. Like I wanted to actually like get a concrete experience yeah. to move forward. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. What what about what drew you to liberal um, liberal studies then? Was it, do you think your travels like influenced your choice and major? Yeah, I think so. It was that, and it was also just like transferring into OSU Cascades. Mm -hmm. I just had all these different courses from all these different backgrounds. And I had previous experience from, I did an internship in New York where I was working with uh, people with disabilities and people with autism. And I did like 300 hours worth of like field experience. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you've gotten a lot of like life experience. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I I came back and just the way that like all those life experiences and courses, Mm because through the course of my academic career, I've probably been to like five or four different schools, like COCC, OSU, Cascade. Uh, one in Arizona for like a brief term and then this New York and then PSU through. Okay. so it was yeah. like it was the one thing that actually kind of made sense yeah. 
um, which was interesting totally. because when I first came back, I definitely just was always a psychology major. Mm-hmm. Like that's always how I thought of myself. Yeah. I was super involved in the psychology club on my campus and I really wanted to go further with like art therapy, but also positive psychology mm-hmm. and like positive psychology theory. So yeah. it was really interesting to come back and be like, okay, how do I make sense of all this life experience yep. in a degree that will create a solid foundation for me to either do grad school or even like work with NGOs and different things. Okay. Awesome. So do you (laughs) think, I feel like does liberal studies kind of like, it has a lot, would you say it has a lot of psychology in it as well? Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, completely. Um, the courses I normally can choose from for my core major for Mm -hmm. liberal studies is like psychology, anthropology, sociology, English, like it's the whole breadth of work. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, so do you know, yeah, what do you plan to do with your degree after college? Do you know, like, or what um, you're, whatever you're, or what do you, or what do you plan to do, I guess, after you graduate? If, yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like, yeah, what, just what are your plans? Um, it's, it's an interesting thing with COVID. Everything's kind of like hypotheticals yep. right now. That's kind of um, true, yeah. The last, like, if you were to ask me a year from now, I yep. would have had everything planned out, even had like an itinerary, you know, yeah. but then COVID hit and it's kind of like, all that is, yeah, on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, well. Totally. Um, I'm definitely a big person on gap years, on mm-hmm. taking uh, breaks. Um, it's very valuable to rest yeah. and just have different perspectives, get a different perspective, especially if you can outside of the United States mm-hmm. on the world. So I really was gearing towards doing any kind of travel trip that I could. Yeah. Um, in particular, I did two years at COCC in a German course, and I became okay. really close with my German teacher. Yeah. And she got her master's from a program in Portland where they do okay. a German intensive language school okay. for the summer. So that was my plan a year ago was to yeah. um, apply for this and probably get a really good scholarship and do that for three months and then they have exchange opportunities so I was like actually looking at like doing some kind of educational thing in uh, Germany yeah or um, I've had a lot of friends that have taught like in China or Vietnam I I would love to teach in Japan like I've always just thought that that would be I I know that I love the culture and I'd love to be in that area Mm -hmm. for like a year and I thought that like one of the best ways to do that is either through like a teaching opportunity or an exchange so that was kind of my idea with COVID I really don't know yeah I'm just gonna kind of see what happens (laughs) I've looked into doing service gap years um I am totally open to doing something like the Peace Corps but it's again I'm not sure if I want to do the Peace Corps through a Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, Maybe. kind of. Oh, really? Okay, nice. Yeah, That's just like in a remote format. And then they'll go back in person once we're all clear. But yeah. I definitely have um, my gap year mentor was a Peace Corps um, volunteer and mentor and just had these amazing stories. Yeah. She'd been to like all seven continents oh my and gosh. just done like really meaningful, like powerful work. Yeah. And I mean, it helps that they help with like grad school and alumni connections. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess, yeah, I guess you'll just, does it, so it kind of depends on like when we open up and how, what that looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So far, um, just because of hypotheticals, I want to do like a trip to go see friends yeah. in like Seattle. Oh, nice. I want to go to the Ho Rainforest, I think it's called in okay. Seattle. It's like a on the one of the only rainforests in like North America. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I want to do like a camping trip with some friends up there, but 
other than that, I know that I'm not ready to go to grad school. I'm going to take a year off. Yep. I'm going to make sure that when I do come to grad school, it's, you know, in person. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people are feeling that. It's like, it's take yeah. a break from the online environment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever I do, I just want to do something with my hands. Yeah. Like it's long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you will go back to grad school? Eventually? Yeah. 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 I'm definitely looking at grad school. Um, I'm really torn on if I want to continue with like um, a counseling focus and then do like mm-hmm. art therapy on the side or just like recently with my roles in like student government and the things yeah. I've worked on. I'm looking at maybe going into some kind of field where I could do policy. Yeah. Like okay. I, I love looking and going to Salem, the capital and seeing mm-hmm. these like female legislators and like creating policies that are yeah. for like our populations mm-hmm. and for groups that haven't been considered for a long time like that's super empowering to me yeah and it's definitely like if there's an educational or if there's a pathway to it like a mm-hmm. lot of people actually in politics come from a liberal studies background yeah so okay oh that's interesting yeah I feel like that kind of that kind of makes sense though because you kind of have like a broad overview of like mm-hmm. yeah 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 like people I don't my view of liberal studies is like it's kind of an you kind of just get to know like people in different cultures. Is that kind of what you would say liberal studies is about or what would, how would, would you s- define liberal studies? I would define liberal studies as just like a broad overview yeah. instead of just like pouring all things. your resources into one cup. Like oh, okay. A psychology that makes more sense. major would just focus solely on psychology courses yeah. or sociology would just solely be in sociology, like all those yeah. courses. It's, I get to dabble in like all these different courses and see how oh, they connect yeah. with each other. Okay, that's nice. So it's really just like well-rounded. Like yeah. You can kind of just like get different perspectives on different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that. I feel like that is kind of necessary for politics too. Yeah. You know, although maybe a lot of politics isn't like that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, so what else, what, I guess, what are you doing at OSU right now? Mm-hmm. I, if you want to talk more about what you do at student government. Yeah. And then maybe in that same realm, what has, what have been some of your favorite experiences at OSU Cascades? Yeah, so um, I work with ASCC, that's our student government on campus, and I'm the director of student advocacy. Um, I have just been really working on securing like our student resources on campus, so I manage our food pantry, our safer living kits, and our childcare subsidies. And with um, the food pantry and the safer living kits, because of COVID, we had to switch to a completely remote format. Um, my successor before me, or I guess I'm their successor, yeah. <laughs> um, they set up a system where we send grocery gift cards to students okay, so it yeah. can reach students and they don't have to come to campus to get oh, okay. physical resources. So we send them like $50 grocery gift cards each term. And uh, that can be like the grocery gift cards, the food vouchers, and then we currently have it set up where people can fill out like a form online so they can get physical resources if they need. Okay. So that's been really good. And same with our safer living kits, which is basically the same idea, but with hygiene items. Like we have a huge stock of hygiene items from anything from like contraceptives to menstrual products to like shampoo, conditioner, like everything Mm -hmm. basically we have on stock so if you know anyone (laughs) needs those things we have anyone needs them (laughs) yeah we have them available that's good to know that's awesome 
in our campus and then the child care subsidies which actually in the GRC down below us we have the little bees child care program okay yeah and we give students student parents full scholarships okay so for like for child care yeah oh, that's so really nice. they can enroll for their kids the maximum amount I believe is like six hundred dollars or so okay but at every term student parents can apply and that will cover their full enrollment for their children on campus yeah. childcare, but then also off campus. Okay. Yeah. Right. Is that would that be through like different child cares in just like in town? Yeah, basically? or even just like if you okay. have proof of a babysitter or yeah. something like that. Oh, okay. It just has to be someone that is like not part of your family. Like yeah. it's someone that you pay for childcare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just have been taking over that and then recently um, in the last three months I took on another project which was really exciting to me because it actually came to me from COCC. I was working with um, our liaison with the dorms there Mm -hmm. and they brought to my attention that there have been an issue just with students having access to menstrual items. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I was an RA at those dorms for like two years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Karthik? I do know Karthik, yeah, yeah, yeah actually. Is he still Karthik. working there? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but um, he was the one that brought, he was the liaison because I was in student government oh my gosh, at COCC, yeah. and he's like, hey, like, is there any way we could put, like, free dispensers for pads and tampons yeah. in our bathrooms? Oh, my gosh, that's a great have, idea. Yeah, yeah, because we have no access, and th- we just have a huge issue with that, and I was working on that project when I was at COCC, and then COVID hit, and yeah. it just, like, pfft, killed yeah. everything because I think their door our dorms I think stayed open but mm-hmm. theirs didn't I don't think no, yeah everybody had to leave yeah um so that pretty much like was a stick in the mud yeah. and I I was really sad about that because yeah. I was in the final stages of finalizing it and mm-hmm. had done all the research and our council had approved it and everything and then COVID hit and our funding everything was just frozen yeah and we oh couldn't do anything about it so I came to COCC our OSU Cascades I get mixed up yep. being dual enrolled. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like it'd be too. <laughs> yeah, I always get my emails mixed up all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it can be, it's easy. Yeah, it's hard to toggle sometimes. Yeah, like, but um, I came to OSU Cascades and the project, uh, the person I was working on, the point of contact, which is this company called Ant Flow, and I believe they're based out of Ohio, but they provide free dispensers and free tampons and pads oh, wow. that are like biodegradable, and they're yeah. part of like a social justice initiative against period okay. poverty, where for every 10 bought, like every 10 products bought, they donate one to okay. an NGO that's like actively on the front lines of addressing okay. period poverty in our yeah. communities. So um, they reached out to me again in my position at OSU Cascades and I brought it up to our council and through like going back and forth to our contact at Amflow, we finally wrote up a proposal and got it approved by SFC and now that's going to be in all of our bathrooms. Oh, good. Including our at, oh, at Cascades? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So I've been working on that. That's been, like, probably my proudest achievement just because yeah. it's something that I know I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Many women in my life, many people that yeah. menstruate, you know, totally. experience that in their lives, and they need that service. Yeah. I and think, yeah. even just, like, going remote, like, the most requested item we get for our, our Safer Living Kits is the menstrual items. Yeah. And it's, I mean, a lot of people don't know about this service. They don't know how to go online. They don't know how to go through a middleman service. And it affects everyone. I mean, like, it has a detrimental effect to people that are from, like, you know, first generation, low income, BIPOC or LGBTQ, people with disabilities. Like, 
it's a huge issue and honestly in a global conversation like Scotland provides this service completely free for all their citizens. Oh, really? New Zealand has followed with providing it in all their public yeah. education institutions. And now it's in France. I, I feel like every other day I read something like I believe in Gambia they uh, lifted the period tax. Okay, wow. Yeah, so it's it's happening. It's happening That's around good. the world. It's just in the U.S. we really need to push for that. Mm -hmm. So I've been pushing for that on our campus. And at, as what I know of with AntFlow, we're the first public institution in Oregon to provide that really? service. Really? Oh, wow. Completely That's free awesome. for our students. That's like kind of one of those things that like you, I never like think about because I'm like, oh, it's just like, it's just the way it is that you just, you know, yeah. you just have to figure it out. And if you don't have anything, you don't have anything, you know? Yeah. But if you think about it, like toilet paper and condoms on our mm -hmm. campus are completely free. Come oh yeah. That's a condom. <laughs> yeah. Condoms before. Yeah. Before. Yeah tampons it's interesting yeah yeah so it's hmm. it's something that's really needed that and good protection yeah, yeah and it's literally um just in the weeks that i've been working on this my boss um taha who is our student body president mm -hmm. made me aware that in oregon we have legislation right now um on the menstrual dignity act it's hb 3274 okay. i have to double check on that yeah but i provided testimony on it and it's basically a bill that will require all of Oregon public institutions, like education institutions, to have funding set aside to provide this service. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. and it'll be, with the new amendments that they put in, it'll be in female, gender-inclusive, and male bathrooms. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it's something that's currently in the works. I When I did my testimony, there was like 30 to 40 other people. Wow, So yeah. it's like it's a big thing. And even been senior high, they've been lobbying for three years, I believe, our public education school board to have this service on their campus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That yeah. is, well, that's sweet. Well, that's a big, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, and we, we just got approved by SFC, which is our student fee committee for this project, and then operations council. So yeah. we're just in the final steps of finalizing our contract. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yay! Yeah, that's good. So I'm, you, I'm excited. Yeah, so I mean, you, like, I'm probably not going to see it because it'll be spring or summer. Yeah. But just to know it's like on its way. Yeah. It'll least, be there. Yeah. <laughs> At least you can know you like you like left a mark in some way. Although yeah. everyone leaves a mark just by being here. But yeah, I've been thinking about that a, li a little lately too. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my last term. Like, what mark would I like want to leave? You know? And so yeah. I mean, you can do that in a variety of ways. But that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Nice. So. And then so. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. I guess leading into the next question, which I kind of asked already, and maybe that was your answer to it, but like mm -hmm. what have been some of your favorite experiences, I guess, at OSU? Or would that mm -hmm. be being a part of um, student government be a part of it? I think being a part of student government, yeah. it's just really nice. Um, I was involved in student government when I was at COCC, and yep. I got to go to Salem and uh, lobby for student bills and really be a part of the community. That's and awesome. Uh, just learn about like activists and social justice movements happening mm -hmm. in Oregon and then coming to OSU Cascades it was just like an the next step like I I thought about it but especially with COVID and I live with my mother who's a vulnerable person and yeah. I take care of her 
like it was one of the only job options I had at the time. Otherwise, I'd have to do something that was more like survivor and high risk exposure. Yeah. So it just kind of naturally came. And then when I took it up, um, just having it took me a while to figure out like what I was actually doing because it was like one of my first times being in that high. Like we had a high volume of requests coming in. Yeah. And just like trying to figure out like, OK, how do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> But once I was able to get that grounding and understand my position and what I could do in that position, it was really um, just really powerful to work with other people. And at first, like, we all come from different backgrounds and we all have these different perspectives of, like, what's important on campus. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, like, not isolating, but just, like, it takes time to get more familiar. But just even in the last, like, three months or so, I feel like I've gotten really close with my team and just yeah. being able to communicate and get things done on campus. And I just, like I said before, I love that our university is so independent and so new. So, like, we have a lot of voice in the direction that we want to take it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say you're most excited about in your life right now? And I guess that can be graduating if you're excited about graduating, whatever. Yeah. I would definitely say it's graduation for yeah. me. Um, that's a really big thing for me. I'm the first, like, woman in my family to graduate. And oh, that's awesome. There's just been, like, a lot of sacrifices for me to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I've been in school <laughs> six years. Yeah. And, like, a really big thing for me is uh, the Lavender graduation, which is specifically for, like, LGBTQ and the queer communities. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I found out that OSU Cascades uh, does that graduation, yeah. that was, like, literally when I was in my hardest points in like COVID or just yeah. like remote and like just my eyes were burning out from like Zooms and yeah. screen time I would just have this vision of like graduating with this lavender sash and like being celebrated in the community yeah. for like my diverse perspective mm -hmm. and that's really poignant to me because like in the past times I've experience you know like discrimination or mm -hmm. violence because of that part of my identity so yeah I think that it's just so cool that we create that space for members in our community to be recognized for that mm -hmm. diverse perspective yeah so I think that's like something that has really carried me through even yeah. if it's like we're doing it virtually I'm already like looking at the sashes and like totally I want to wear it yeah <laughs> I want to have that in my mm -hmm. you know in yeah. my room or in a place of like if I continue with higher education, I want to have that proudly displayed so other students yeah. can see that and see that that is appreciated in these spaces. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just really excited. Me and my partner just have a really strong relationship, and that's been so nice because I've just been traveling and had a lot of experiences where I just couldn't have a relationship and mm -hmm. really couldn't invest in that part of myself. Like, I just didn't feel like it was ethical honestly yeah <laughs> because you're to just, just like be gone all, all the time or yeah mm -hmm. so I've really just enjoyed that and that's been like a really important part of my life in yeah. the last year and honestly it's the one thing that like makes it so I can do these things yeah definitely yeah. that's awesome that's really powerful mm -hmm. I didn't know I didn't know that OSU did um the lavender yeah the lavender sashes is yeah. that is that kind of what it is is it's like just a lavender sash that you have to kind of signify yeah, yeah. it's a lavender sash and it has like normally it'll have like um probably the flags probably like the yeah. um pride flag yeah. um, the more updated one i'd assume by now but yeah. um it just has like different perspectives for me i went to when i was working in new york i went to the 50th 
Pride anniversary in New York okay. and just having that experience and being surrounded by people that were just like decked head to toe in rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then coming back here and just having that new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a really big deal for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome that, yeah, the OSU recognizes that. That's one thing that I really like about OSU is they're always so like open just about um, like being op- like open-minded to growth and like learning about just representing everyone and mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so have you have you like re- have you seen that in OSU Cascades like they're pretty good at like representation and being open-minded and like mo- progressing and yeah like those spaces I, I would say so I, I've seen that in some ways with the decisions that we've done mm-hmm. I do feel like we have a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. and how we Absolutely. can do that is as students advocating for that on our campus yeah. um, when we had the student life survey back in winter just like the automatic feedback we had is we need more diverse representation we need more diverse spaces a huge part of that is lobbying for our student success center which if you're interested on april 14th we're doing um osu cascades lobby day okay the student success center is trying to address that like at cocc we have the multicultural center we have all these paid positions that are dignified for the different uh affinity groups yeah but we don't have that at OSU Cascades we only have one person and they're part-time they're not full-time yeah so that's a big ask that we're doing in student government is a full-time position for DEI because we believe that these visions are important but if we don't have the budgets if Mm -hmm. we don't have the actions behind it then it's just empty words and fluff letters yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. have do you know much about the um the diversity equity and inclusion lab that we just launched. I know, er- I know Erica bit. leads it. Yeah, a little bit. I've, I've heard of Erica's yeah. work in the community. I mean, she's such a big voice. I've, is, I've yeah. seen her present at the Unused Conference and then Love Thy Neighbor, I think that, or Love Your Neighbor. I think she does yeah. some project sure. like that. Yeah. But um, no, I haven't heard much about that. Um, our diversity and inclusion coordinator with uh, ASCC, Michael Tornada, yep. he's been working actively with Aaron Rook to create some kind of programming. But again, with the reality of COVID, yeah, it's just shut down over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully next year it'll. Yeah, we'll all be open and. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my key takeaway, especially to the student body, is if you want to see these services, advocate for them. Tell people, tell your teachers, tell your administrator, tell us as student body government, because we're the student voice, Totally. what ways we could be more diverse. What ways could we include these services? How could we streamline this and support it in real actions versus just words? Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. So, I mean, the key is really just, like, change starts from students. Yeah. And just speaking up and, yeah. Yeah, and having that power to speak up because yeah. I feel like a lot of students don't feel like they can advocate for themselves. Right, yeah. I feel like it's maybe even harder with COVID because you just feel like you're just one person sitting behind a screen, yeah. you know, and everyone, I think, feels so removed from it all. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. I think you, you answered some of the, a lot of these questions already in some of your other answers. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, how are you planning to, how are you planning to celebrate your graduation and, yeah, 
if you're planning to celebrate it? I got to admit, it was a really bittersweet moment when I got the email that said we're all on virtual. Like, I was yeah. really hoping that we would be in person, yeah, even I if know, it was just small cohorts. I heard about, like, a high school that did ski lifts at Bachelor. Yeah, I heard that, and too. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, why can't we do I know. That would, that would be really cool. I would be like, I would trade that, yeah. you know. I heard someone say something about that, but I'm not sure if it was just, like, a rumor. They're, like, thinking they're, that, about yeah, it. Yeah, they're thinking about it or what. So, yeah. Hopefully, maybe something comes into fruition, but yeah, we'll see. for me, it's um, what's most important to me is just being with my family, yeah. especially like my grandmother and my mom. Like this is a really big thing for them, yeah, because they've sacrificed a lot so I could get my education, yeah, and do the certain things I did in my life. So to be able to have them around me, especially with my partner and just other people that are close to me, I mean, like, yes, I want the big ceremony, and if we are ever in person again and they offer that option, I want that memory. (laughs) Like, that's the vision that's carried me through. It's just, like, being able to turn over my tassel and be surrounded by, like, my people in school that I did this journey with, but right now it's you know, you got to make the best of the situation. <laughs> you do, definitely, yeah. Yeah. At least, I mean, will you be surrounded by your family, even if you're yeah. just virtual? Like, that's good. Like, yeah, yeah, at least we'll you can make be the able best of it to in that be way. together and in person together as yeah. well, just because it's like a small gathering. But, yeah, that's the main thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And then um, who has had the most impact on your time here at OSU Cascades? Is there a person that may, one person or a teacher or faculty or that's, friend or? That's such a hard question because as a dual enrolled student, <laughs> yeah. like there are some instructors that I had at COCC yeah. and then there are some instructors that teach both at COCC and yeah. OSU Cascades. Yeah, I don't like, want to say question. one person in particular because yep. I just have so many professors. Um, it's probably, I'm completely biased, but it's just so empowering for me to see um, like women instructors mm-hmm. and to see women instructors that literally look like maybe they're 10 years older than me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and like have similar experiences to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, probably one of my like favorite instructors is like Christina Cappy. Like okay. I, yeah. I love her. She's an um, anthropology professor and she taught at COCC and at... Um, <laughs> OSU Cascades and just the way she teaches her courses and her life experience and the things she's done in her life is very applicable to what I've done in my life because of traveling but I mean like so many other (laughs) professors honestly Um, I just feel really empowered when I'm in those places because I see kind of like a pathway to it if I ever wanted to teach or if I ever wanted to be in a leadership role like that yeah it feels accessible to me yeah yeah absolutely that. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I honestly like I don't want to give credit to one professor over another yeah. because honestly, because of my major, I don't spend time with just one professor. Yeah. I get like a wide breadth of people. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the most like influential people. At, is it okay if it's not at OSU? Cascades? Yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, that's yeah, totally fine. Because I think we have we have so many students that are dual enrolled or yeah. transferred or yeah. At COCC, I just especially with the the diversity and affinity groups on campus like Christy Walker and Gordon I wouldn't be in student government if it wasn't for those people because they saw this potential and leadership in me that I didn't see Mm -hmm. and they just pushed me to be involved Uh, they were there for me Uh, they always like encouraged me especially like Michelle Carey and just people that 
were on that campus were really community oriented and even if they didn't know like my personal background or story they just always made sure I felt welcome yeah. on campus so that was really big for me and then my German teacher she's like awesome she invites me all the time over before COVID <laughs> yeah. for like German Christmas parties and stuff oh, fun, like that yeah. and just like really got me involved with language groups in town and it just made me feel especially after traveling and just having so many experiences because like the diversity is here like we have a diverse population but compared to like when you travel outside of the United States and just have exposure to so many cultures and yeah. come back here it's hard to connect with that yeah yeah totally yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah I uh yeah, that's awesome. I don't. I know a couple of the people that you mentioned, but yeah. See, I mean, COCC for me too was a huge like. I mean, just kind of like, sh yeah, played a huge role in shaping me as a person, and I mean, not just the college, but like the people at the college, and yeah, there's like such a strong community at COCC, and yeah, I yeah, really enjoyed. I, love COCC. I was part of um, like different diversity projects on campus, like the meeting, which was a hypothetical meeting between MLK and uh, Martin Luther King, and I painted a portrait of Malcolm X for that. Okay. Yeah. But I also was involved with um, the season of nonviolence, which I've gone to continually throughout yeah. the years. I just love it. Yeah. It's like probably had the biggest influence on me, honestly, just in um, the current community that we live in and just having community conversations about these difficult topics it's really um, I feel like that's really been foundational for me yeah and just having those relationships like you can be academic and you can read about all these things but actually having relationships and people you care about and you want to show up for yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean it makes yeah it makes all the difference that's yeah. why I think COVID is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you like, yeah, you just, yeah. it's harder to build connections and like, yeah, and feel that community and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I just have a couple more questions for you. Okay. Okay. So I guess, okay, maybe, maybe two, three more questions. Okay. So how have you been able to find a personal silver lining in the pandemic, I guess, being on online? Um feel like I answered a question recently on this and it's like I'm not going to say that COVID made me a better student or yep. like made the situation better but it definitely showed me that I'm resilient mm -hmm. and that um, it's okay to ask for help yeah. I think that's a big thing I wouldn't have been as successful especially in a remote format because I have a learning disability with dyslexia if I didn't advocate for myself yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> like I had to advocate for myself I had to advocate yeah. for the different modalities I had to be in contact and be vulnerable with my teachers and my yeah. instructors and tell them like hey this may work for everyone else but it doesn't work for me yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of awkward you know totally you know, in a student position you haven't even met the instructor you all you get is like stock reply emails like yeah. <laughs> you never like get that face-to-face -face interaction so definitely I've just made it a habit if I feel like I'm struggling or if I need extra support before I would have pushed it off or been like oh I can do it you know mm -hmm. like but most recently it's just been like nope sending this email nope I'm yeah. reaching out I'm making sure they know before I even start the course these are my things that yeah. need to be accommodated and it's been interesting to me because like I haven't had the official diagnosis or had the DAS mm -hmm. and there's a lot of issues with that just because like from a financial background like people can't afford the tests yeah 
So it's like, oh, can I afford to have a disability? Yeah. You know? And I never totally. felt yeah. that. I never felt that before remote learning because yeah. it was in person. So it was accessible. I could do things about it. But even now, if I have any dense articles that are like really small text, I have to go and print it out. And I don't have a printer at home. So yeah. I have to go to a printing lab, which totally. just makes it a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's oh like, gosh, I, yeah. I always tell my teachers, it's like, I'm a smart student, I work really hard, but I have these extra things I have to do, yeah. so I might be a little late. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> on top of the fact that it's already, you know, kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that for me, it's just really taught me to advocate for myself and just yeah. ask for help. Like, we're all in this together, we're all struggling, we all have our backgrounds, and I, most of the time, I, I don't think I've had an experience where my instructor has told me, like, no, you know, yeah. they want us to succeed. They want us to yeah. be successful. Absolutely. And they understand, at least most of them do. I haven't had an experience where a teacher's been like, oh, that's too much, or like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. They're always like, oh, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah. How can I support you? Right. Like, what do you need from Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I guess, it, you know, I guess people sometimes don't know how to support you until you tell them how. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you, you took that away at least. And kinda, yeah. yeah, and we're still able to navigate, even though I'm sure maybe it was a little difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. for me it's just, like, learning to advocate for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, like, kind of in the same realm, but a different realm. But I was, Mm -hmm. like, I just read something the other day that was about, like, leadership. Mm -hmm. And it was just talking about how, like, the best leaders, like, are unafraid to ask for help. And, you know, even if you're, like, you know, in a leadership position or or whatever, it's always, like, and people respect you more if you're, like, able to, like, just be, like, hey, like, I don't know the answer. You were talking about this earlier. Like, I don't know the answer to this or I need help. Like, and if you just, like, ask and are, like, you know, okay to, with being vulnerable and admitting that you don't have all the answers, then, like, mm-hmm. then you can get help from other people because, yeah, I mean, nobody, like, does anything alone. And, right. like, there's always a community out there that will, like, support you. Yeah. And, yeah. I just always, I go back to that because I, I definitely feel like in a Western context we're very individual in our thinking. Yeah. And it's yep. more of just, like, this perfectionism. And mm-hmm. when we focus on those things, we miss out on so much. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to, like, pretend that you're, like, perfect or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just to have a collective and a community and Mm -hmm. understand that, like, even in nature, like, nothing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Gotta, yeah, humbles you a little bit sometimes. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know the answers and, like, that's okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I try and, yeah. like, make a habit of, like, I don't know that. I'm not going to, like, bullshit you yeah. act like I do know that. But yeah. let me get back to you. Like, totally. Yeah. It can be so easy, though. Like, it's, like, it becomes habit sometimes to just, like, pretend like you know something or, like, to just not admit that you don't know the answer. I, I've, like, caught myself doing that a couple times, and I'm like, why do I even do that? Because it's it's mm-hmm. on, it's not, you know, there's no... It's not productive, yeah. honestly. It's not productive, yeah. And, like, you could just ask someone and get the answer and... There's just, yeah, it's not like a competition, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to see who knows the most. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's see. Okay. So if you were to leave one piece of advice for current students to follow, what would it be? I think I've said it before, but advocate for yourselves. Yep. Um, especially as a transfer student, dual enrolled, I had to fight for some of my credits to transfer over. Yeah. 
Um, you have to talk to your academic counselors. You have to talk to your teachers and come from a place of, like, you're not wrong, you know? Like, constantly, I feel like sometimes, just, like, early on in my experience with having dyslexia, I believed the notion that I was, like, kind of stupid or, like, you know, I just couldn't get things that other people could. Yeah. And that really pushed me into this box where I'm just, like, okay, I'm good at this. Like, a fixed mindset, honestly. Yeah. And I'm good at this, and the only place I really could go where I felt competent was, like, the art room. Because mm-hmm. I could do something with my hands, and people would be like, oh, it's beautiful, it's great, it's yeah. amazing. But, like, I would write these papers, and I would get them back, and they would just be covered with red marks. And I'm just like, well... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. so it's, like, be able to understand that you have a voice, you have a perspective that's valued. Yeah, And Absolutely. the first step is believing that and especially as like a woman um (coughs) and being in the positions that I have been in like one of my um favorite podcasts I've been listening to is Unlocking Us with Brene Brown okay oh I love Brene Brown yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and one of her podcasts goes over this idea of like you don't need to be in a position where you're dominating or having power over people but having power with and kind of the practice of ahimsa which is just like do no harm but then like one of the mantras she says is like do no harm but take no shit yeah (laughs) that's a good one because yeah i love it i like (laughs) that it's honestly been my mantra for like probably the last six months and it's so true it's just like you don't have to dominate you don't have to take over you can lead with your heart and have Mm -hmm. you know intense feelings and passion about things yeah but also don't let people step over you right Yeah. yeah It's a delicate balance. I feel like sometimes, like, yeah, in our heads, we, like, think those things are different. Or, like, yeah, like, you know, she's very big on vulnerability. Like, we think vulnerability and strength are different. We think, you know, Mm -hmm. that, like, when we're vulnerable, we're not being strong. But, like, if you have a strong back, then you can have a soft chest. Totally. Well, and it's, like, I think it's almost, I think what she says a lot is that it's almost, like, it's it's almost stronger to be vulnerable because it's hard, you know, rather than just, like, yeah, putting on that face of, like, I'm fine or perfect or whatever, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. That's really powerful. I like awesome. Yeah. Um, awesome. So I guess maybe my last question mm-hmm. I will ask is, which you may have answered this as well already, but where <laughs> would you, where do you see yourself in five years, if you even have a vision? If I have a vision. Yeah. Because I think um, it, it can be so, like, for me, I'm like, I don't really know. I have, like, kind of an idea, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Well, Which, I am planning on taking the GRE test because I am looking at going to grad school, and that's valid for five years. Yeah. So I'm really just looking at the next steps of, like, getting perspective so I know where I want to move forward with my grad school and just, like, that kind of academic pursuits. Um, five years from now, I definitely... By that time, I want to have at least one period where I lived outside of the country for an extended amount of time, either doing an education, an exchange opportunity. I just, I think that's one thing I've really reflected on with COVID is I just want to get outside of the American bubble yeah. <laughs> for yeah. like a year. Absolutely. And that's a big goal of mine, especially before, like I want to become a mom and I want to have those kind of experiences. But before that, I really just want to live somewhere else for yeah. a year so I can it can be a choice of whether I want to live in America versus like a default. Yeah. 
Yeah, and just having a different perspective and not just traveling and being there a couple of weeks, but like really settling down in one area, one space for like a year. Yeah. And just understanding that place. And then, yeah, I just, I definitely, if you asked me at the beginning of my academic journey, if I thought I could go to grad school, I could do secondary education, I'd be like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's completely (laughs) out of my grasp. Yeah. But now that I'm That's towards awesome. the end of my undergrad and I have all these like lived life experiences and all these role models, just like all these people that showed me how what success meant to them in yeah. different ways and at different ages, like it's never been like, oh, I have to do this by this age or like yeah. it's never going to happen yep. for me. Some of the people I respect the most, they didn't consider secondary or like grad school until they were in their 30s. Yeah. You know, so I think it's more just it's more important for me to reflect and get that real world experience and then pursue my education versus pursue my education and then figure out what I'm going to do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, it seems like your whole journey has kind of been like that where it's just been yeah experiences weaved in with school and just kind of figuring it out. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's unique because it's I love hearing like people's stories and their paths because everyone has their own unique path and Mm -hmm. it takes you wherever it takes you. Yeah, um, I will say that when I was in high school, I volunteered with our um, National Honors Art Society, and we did like 300 hours worth of community service. Yeah. And that was one of the first times I ever met uh, art therapists that worked with people with disabilities, but also just like people from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And once I understood that could be a profession, and then I went abroad and saw it in an international context, I was like, I want to do that. (laughs) There are, you know, financial barriers. There are things that I have to work through as like a first gen Mm -hmm. student or um, what I've heard most recently for that term is a new generation student, which yeah. I like that better. But just working through those things to pursue this. Yep. But it's like, I know what I want. It's just, how do I work around these barriers? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for sharing your story and, yeah, being open. It's, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people will love to hear your story. And then, yeah, and I love chatting with you, so. Cool. Thanks for joining the podcast. If there is there anything else you need to say? I guess you put oh, the already you said some I, I f- comments, but I feel like that's pretty much it. Um, awesome. I don't want to take any more of your time, but just um, oh yeah, no worries. I, I definitely would, especially coming from like I'm the director of student advocacy. Like mm-hmm. advocate for yourself. Yeah. Advocate for totally. the changes you want to see at our school. You know, if you yeah. want to see the student success center, then come to lobby day. If you want to see more diverse and inclusion and sustainability mm-hmm. options, like we always have a line in our student fee committee and in our student governments, there's yeah. open, um, there's room set in our meetings every term for people to come forward and provide public comment, for people to email yeah. us and be like what they want to see on campus. Awesome. I'll yeah. have to connect with you again too so I can maybe put some of that stuff in the description and mm-hmm. so more people can yeah. find, find links or stuff to, to be able to do that. So. Yeah, but we're in the beginning stages of this university coming here, so we have true. a lot of power in deciding where this goes from here. So yeah. in five to 10 years, if people stay here and they have their kids eventually go to the school, what kind of schools do you want your kids to go to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah.
That's all for this episode, Ben Beeves. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Career Lift Podcast. Bye.